From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, the shifting sands of keratometry. We find that the surgically induced astigmatism, in our case, is so small that it can be neglected. First this. If you're at the ASCRS annual meeting this week, and after all, why wouldn't you be? Then come and see me Sunday afternoon when I moderate a joint symposium on preparing for a smooth transition to electronic medical records, or how I learned to stop worrying and love EMR. In our world of impermanence, there's still some things on which we can rely the rising of the sun, the return of swallows to Capistrano or buzzards to Hinckley, and the constancy of keratometry. Or at least I thought so. Sverker Norby has convinced me that keratometry is not nearly as constant as I thought it was. He describes the cornea as a moving target. Dr. Norby and I discussed his most recent paper in the JCRS. What assumptions are generally made about the relationship between preoperative and postoperative keratometry with respect to cataract surgery? In the general case, there is no assumption made at all because if there were a change in in, uh, corneal power, that would be uh, taken care of by the formula constants of the normal formulas. Uh, If you do ray tracing, on the other hand, you must uh, assume that there is no change in power or you will have to find out, if there is a change, you will have to find out uh, how much that is. Uh, when you come to toric IULs, uh, it is generally assumed that there is a surgically induced astigmatism. Uh, but uh, the assumption is that the meridian remains unchanged. So they, they assume a flattening in the meridian of incision. Prior to your study, what evidence existed that the relationship between preoperative and postoperative keratometry is, is, is more complicated than the, the, the simple model that you just named? Well, I don't think it is really more complicated, but none or at least very few have thought about it that there, there could be changes. Sverker, can I get you to describe the design of your study, of this study? Well, uh, to start with, it uh, was a prospective study to test the stability of IOL models for use as platforms for toric lenses. Uh, and uh, in the study, tilt, decentration, and axial position were measured pre-op and at many time points uh, post-op. But we had a secondary purpose, and that was to collect data for uh, studying exact ray tracing calculations to see if the data you collect are uh, useful for that. And what were the main outcome measures uh, of the study? Yeah, the, the main outcome measures were, were really uh, to, to uh, assess if there is a change in tilt and decentration, the, the stability of the lens. But uh, for, for that other purpose of, of uh, doing ray tracing, we collected a lot of data, and uh, in this paper, we have uh, analyzed 
adjust the keratometry of it. And of course, it's pretty natural uh, when we have uh, in mind to use these lenses as platform for toric lenses to see what is uh, the amount of surgically induced astigmatism. And what were your results? What were your findings? Well, uh, that was much to my surprise. I, I have not worked with this, uh, such things before, but I found that there was a lot of variance in sphere and astigmatism, and uh, that uh, the variation was much, much uh, higher than the mean surgically induced astigmatism. We generally discuss the, the effect of a corneal incision in, in, in terms of the meridian of the incision or it's, or it's perpendicular. But you found cylinder changes at meridia oblique to the incision. What, what factor forces could have induced such changes? I don't think I can speculate about vector forces. First of all, the, 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 the effect is very small. Uh, but maybe the incision in this case uh, was not exactly in the horizontal meridian. Um, and, uh, of course, it was a fairly large incision, 3.2 millimeters. Uh, as it happens, I was contacted by a German doctor, Peter Hoffmann. He works at Kastrup Lagsell. He has a private clinic there. And he had read my paper and... Uh, found it interesting and uh, uh, sent me data he had using the lens star from pre to post-op. And uh, in his data, there was no mean changes, uh, also not in the oblique astigmatism, uh, but the same uh, standard deviations, the same variability as we have found. Thus, he found no surgically induced astigmatism and hence also nothing in the oblique meridian. Uh, now he used a smaller incision, 2.2 millimeters, and he made that incision uh, post-limbal, not in clear cornea, as in our case. Reading through your, your paper, I was surprised to, to find that astigmatism could be induced in meridia that were different um, from the the incision. I'm I'm just curious. How, how do you think that that happens? I mean, what what would account for an um, a, a change in cylinder that's in a in a meridian different from the one that that I produce when I I incise the the clear cornea? Well, I, I think it can just be the the, the surgeon's uh, technique that uh, he's not working. Uh, um, precisely on, on that meridian. Uh, I have cited a paper a little uh, in the introduction of, of my paper uh, from Dr. Pham in Singapore, and uh, he has also made uh, analysis of the induced astigmatism, and he, he doesn't uh, find it uh, uh, exactly in the horizontal meridian either. Many cataract surgeons I know have more faith in automated keratometry than in manual keratometry. I, I share this point of view. I see that your study used IOL master keratometry data. Do, do you feel that manual keratometry um, it, it is a significant source of keratometric variability? Well, what, what do you precisely mean with manual in this? So what, what I mean is 
using a, a Bashanlam keratometer, a, a Javal keratometer. Okay, to, okay. As, that, that, as, that old as, type as of... Opposed, yeah. 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 Well, uh, I'm not an ophthalmologist, of course, but I, I made a study on my own eyes uh, 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 10 years ago. Uh, it was published in 2001, where I had them measured at 10 different clinics all over the world. And uh, there was a fair uh, spread of, of keratometers used, and uh, Cheval Schertz uh, was, of course, uh, included there. Uh, I don't think uh, maybe it is more inaccurate or had more, has more variation, but it requires uh, manual skill. Um, and an automated is, of course, not biased as a manual can be, uh, depending on, on, on how you work with it. When I measure a, a patient and, and plan uh, for an implant lens, particularly for a, a toric lens, I, I, I factor in um, the keratometric change that I feel that, that I'm going to, to, to produce uh, with the wound uh, during, during surgery, and I factor it in along the meridian of the, of the, of the wound. Your study has certainly given me pause. How can I incorporate the, these findings into my cataract practice? Do I simply tell the patients that the refractive outcome is ultimately less predictable than I thought it was? I think the outcome is uh, as predictable as it was. I think the conclusion I draw from our results is that it probably cannot be much improved. And, and of course, uh, we find that the surgically induced astigmatism uh, in our case, is so small that it can be neglected. I, I, I think one message is that the cornea is not a static component of the eye. Uh, it, uh, it is a moving target, and uh, we must realize that. And uh, that limits uh, the uh, possibi- possible accuracy we can have. Because um, if I happen to measure a patient today, I will, of course, get a measurement uh, or a result in the calculation based on that measurement. But if I measure the same patient, say, two weeks later, I might have a different result and uh, I will get a different calculation. So depending on when you do the measurement, you, you can have... Uh, different results, even up to uh, half a diopter uh, in uh, 5% of the cases. Sverker, thank you so much. You're welcome. Sverker Norby is owner of Pulab Consultancy in Ophthalmic Implants in Groningen, Netherlands. His paper, Fluctuations in Corneal Curvature Limit Predictability of Intraocular Lens Power Calculations, appears in the February 2013 issue of the Journal of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Ask questions of Dr. Norby or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at jyoungmd at gmail.com. As Seen From Here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. 
be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.